away from ending 17 seasons of misery. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Now, how many quarterbacks have you ever seen hurdle anyone? He throws, touchdown, Andre Reid for the touchdown, the Bills have scored! Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, you're listening to the Red, White and Buffalo Blues, a UK Bills podcast, Matt and Alex here, Alex, how's your Halloween evening been? Well, my wife is gone for work, and uh, she left me by myself to answer the door, and I, I hate kids. So tonight was a complete and utter waste of, of my time and resources. I absolutely should have been drinking beer and playing video games instead. Question is, how much? How many sweets you got left? Oh, I have way too much. Um, hello, diabetes. Um, <laughs> it's a good question, though, uh, because when the kids were picking out the candy, they looked lost and confused because I went to um, like the U.S. store on the military base and I got American candies. So we're oh, talking God. like, you know, like you have Kit Kats, but ours are a little bit different and the packaging is different. But um, like Take Five, Butterfinger, Almond Joy, the kids look lost. My Milky Way is different than your Milky Way. I don't know. Every Milky I, Way I, sh- I shouldn't have confused the children. So sorry about that. She just got with, she just gone with some drumsticks and uh, some love hearts. All right. To me, a drumstick is a chicken wing, <laughs> and I love hearts are for Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, but you just get rid of them quickly, and they're the ones that people don't usually really want. So, well, yeah, I mean, the kids were actively picking around my Halloween basket, <laughs> they were looking for something that they recognize. I'm like, sorry, kids, it's all American. Take it or leave it. It's better than your candy anyway, because we don't we don't regulate the amount of sugar we put in things. So that's not as good as our candy. All our sweets. candy is better than your candy. I've had your candy. Ours is better. That's not a Mars bar. Uh, you mean a Milky Way? No, Mars bar. No, no, no. In America, which is the best country in the world, it's called a Milky Way. Then what do you call our Milky Ways? I don't even know. Is yours coconut? No, that's Bounty. Okay, so Bounty is a mounds. <laughs> Mounds is dark chocolate covered coconut uh, shavings and cream, and it's really good. So, what is a um, what is a Milky Way then? A light and fluffy. Oh, that that's a Three Musketeers bar. Jesus Christ! What you, <laughs> you call Skittles? Uh, Skittles are Skittles. Uh, okay. Starburst is Starburst. You have Twix, right? You have Twix. Yep. Yep, we have Twix. Uh, we're obsessed with, with, with labeling them left Twix and right Twix. I don't know if you do that here with your marketing and packaging. They used to. They used to have an advert on it. Yeah, it's that stupid. Um, I think yeah, the reason, My wife is obsessed with arguing with me about how your peanut M&Ms taste different than ours. I think she's crazy because, to me, they're the same. Yeah. but I, mean, I don't know for... why that would be any different, so... Well, I think we I think we can go on about we should do a whole episode on sweet talk. Oh, but, we absolutely can. We can do a we can do a, a Halloween candy draft uh, <laughs> if you want. You know, we can get people to pull. But honestly, uh, just Death like just like the Eagles game, 
uh, Halloween is basically over and we don't want to think about it anymore. Mine sucked. I don't know about yours, but let's talk about the Bills, which unfortunately, based on my notes, um, isn't going to be pleasant either. <laughs> well, um, first, first of all, we, let's dis- let's discuss. I think last podcast we were talking about the trade deadline and all that. and Yeah, that was people, fun, wasn't it? People getting all excited saying, oh, we need to draft Brandon, draft this guy, draft that, or trade this guy, trade, trade that guy. Yeah. But in the end, I'm happy. I'm happy we didn't give up a lot for um for someone. Yeah, we probably need a D lineman. Um, there were a few that I read on, um, I think it was on, was it Joe Piscalia's one, or was it? Someone else, he listed a list yeah, of them. Yeah, he listed a bunch of D-linemen. I mean, I, I get the idea of not needing to trade for anyone. Based off of how soft this schedule is, you can probably get by with the team that you have now. Don't trade. Don't lose any picks. Don't lose it. You know, don't inflate your cap numbers or anything like that. So, because next year, I don't know if you've seen, like, some of our opponents for next year we're going to need uh, to have a better roster. And it's more about next year than this year. Got to remember, we're building something long-term, even though we're all living in the now. Um, so yeah. trading, getting rid of draft picks for guys that will lose at the end of the season to free agency. In the bigger picture, we did the right thing. Yes. My, right. my argument about the trade deadline, though, is uh, if I'm the Bengals... I'm offloading everyone I can because this roster clearly doesn't work. So I'm getting rid of pieces. Mm-hmm. Even if I decide to change the coach at the end of the year, it's not like a new guy is going to come in and revitalize that roster. Uh, I mean, you should have been seeing the Redskins trading guys, the Bengals. I mean, every other sport, when a team is at the bottom and done, they're getting rid of guys. They're stockpiling younger players. They're getting draft picks. And I don't yeah. know why that doesn't happen in the NFL. Well, I could see that that Andy Dalton wasn't uh, too pleased about being benched and obviously not being shopped around. Oh, that's so dirty. I mean, you got to think there's teams out there that probably would have went for him. Yeah. Uh, it, it just why, as an organization, the guy that you've – chosen to lead your team for the last few years you know got a great foundation in cincinnati uh and just shit on him mm. it was just dirty to do that uh i mean you're you're bad the your backup quarterback's not going to help if you're trying to salvage your job as the coach i mean what that that this is going to do nothing you got to have respect from your players and I, it's just I don't know what the point is. Well, yeah, I think. Well, to be honest, I don't think they will. They will sack. They will. They will not sack Zach. Hmm. That could. That could catch on. Clever. Um, but I think it's one of those things. Are they? Are they actually going? They think that was it Ryan Lindley, Ryan Finley. I don't know who's taken over. Is potentially the future, or are they? Tanking for Tua or um, bottling it for Burrow. Who knows? But hey-ho, that's that's drafts for you. I mean, the only other one obviously was um, 
in the AFC East was Aqib Tlaib to um, Dolphins, which I found. And he quit. <laughs> yeah, that's what I kind of find strange that they gave up. The Rams gave a, him and was it a fifth round pick for an undisclosed 2021 pick? Yeah, I mean, you look at the Rams, though. I mean, they just got what's-his-face, so they didn't need to leave. I mean, he wasn't – I mean, he was injured anyway, so it's more of like an injury settlement release, like the Josh Gordon thing than anything else. Mm. Yeah, I mean, well, they did have their um, – was it Zev- Zevion Howard? He's actually on IR, so their uh, secondary is now really, really depleted. And then all we have to do is laugh at the Jets. I mean, it's. I, I'm. I'm more. I'm more concerned about laughing at the Giants because they don't need. Both teams just are lost. I mean, I don't think it's hard to be a GM. Hmm. In term, okay, let me rephrase that. It's extremely difficult to be a GM when it comes to evaluating talent and picking players. But when it comes to adding and removing pieces on a roster that you should know your strengths and weaknesses. And that trade for both of those teams just seemed like the dumbest thing you could do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what, what do they do? They said they're not going to shop um, Jamal Adams and they were apparently shopping him. They yeah, and they, do... you pissed off your best player. Why? I mean, just... Let and you have there. to have your finger on the pulse of the rest of the league too, to be asking for like a one and a two and another, you know, in another two. Like, you got to think that th- those kind of trades don't happen unless the other team is gonna like ask you for it, you know. Mm. Like the Ricky yeah. Williams trade, the RG three trade, like big things like that don't happen unless the other GM is just as dumb as you. And yeah. In this situation, it, it it's just like a loss for both teams. So you know, uh, we beat them both. So whatever. And then and then obviously you've got they want to try and shop um, Le'Veon Bell as well. So I think it's a. I think I mean that's just probably Adam Gase being an idiot. Yeah. Who's think... who's really in control of that team? Is it the GM or is it the coach? I think it's the coach. Ugh! I would be so mad if I was a Jets fan. I think it's the coach because didn't Gay say he didn't he didn't want Bell? Yeah. The GM wanted him. Now the GM's gone. Mm-hmm. Right. But oh, as you can just say it's apart from I think in the AFC East you've got Patriots being the Patriots, Bills being the um the only worthwhile challenger if we can sort out um sort out our offense and then you got the uh dumpster fire of um, Jets and Dolphins, to be honest. But that'll bring us that'll bring us on nicely to our preview. Oh, he uses the right word. Yes. The so preview. proud of you. You're growing as a human being and as a journalist. Uh, 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 you can't see me now, but I'm doing a dad dance in my living room. <laughs> Yes. You know, I just bef- uh, I read an article on the Athletic um, where this guy was giving his season review to the point so far and predicting the rest of the season. He has the Bills going nine and seven to finish, 
And I, before even looking at the schedule, I shook my head and I thought to myself, how are we going to lose five more games? But then mm. it, 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 it's strikingly easy once you realize how bad the offense has been. Uh, yeah. That means that we're losing to Cleveland and then four straight to Dallas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and New England. Um, a week ago, I said I would have said that's crazy, but you know, sadly, now I can see it happening. And I think it all comes down to what does this team look like this week? Mm. You know, um, I mean, I can, I can, uh, I can probably see definitely the Patriots. I would definitely probably say the Ravens. I think that's going to be lost on there. But then, let's say, you've got the Browns and the Steelers, which are going to be swing swing games either way. So I can understand where. I want to say that the Ravens is a swing game, too. I mean, uh, Lamar Jackson hasn't thrown a touchdown pass, I think, in the last like two weeks or two out of three. Um, I mean, Mark Ingram's not rushing for 100 yards. Uh, and their defense is middle of the pack. Um, that is a game where the line should be one on either side, I think it can go. I mean, Baltimore would probably be favored today, but I can't say by more than one or two points. And to me, that's a swing game. Um, mm. I think Dallas might be favored by three or four. Maybe Pittsburgh might be a push. Pittsburgh, we should be favored. But, I mean, all of these games, I think, are going to be one-score games. I, I have a feeling like every single game for the rest of the season is going to be a one-score game. Definitely not two touchdowns. Maybe a touchdown and a field goal, but nothing more than 10 points will differentiate, I think, the rest of our games. Yeah. Well, I say that's not the I say that's not the case. And going to face the, what, one and seven Redskins who say that it's either going to be, well, they're saying it's Dwayne Haskins who's going to be the starting quarterback. But more recently, they've said that Case Keenum could make that uh miraculous recovery and actually start but then I think I've read somewhere that their rotation for quarterback went Haskins McCoy then Keenum it really doesn't to me it doesn't matter the only thing I'm looking at is how can Josh do against their defense and that's what I'm going to look at for the rest of the season Um, I know our defense took a step back in the Eagles game but honestly, an NFL team, their pulse and their future lies in the quarterback's hands. And here we go again. We have another team with a bad defense. They allow the second best completion percentage against. Um, their ninth worst in passing touchdown percentage. Tenth mm-hmm. worst in opposer passer rating. So, I mean, Josh has an opportunity, again, to quote-unquote get it. I mean, this is another week where I said, you have a defense that allows the pass. Go out there and show me something. Yeah. Problem is, against teams that have been bad so far, our passing is only 25th in the league. We have an expected point value of negative two. Um, all of our passing stats are horrid. And it's good to see that the coaches are, are saying it out loud to the press that things mm-hmm. need to change. The offense needs to evolve, and that's the biggest thing. I need to see Josh go for like 250, two touchdowns. But honestly, it, it's not really about stats this week, which is crazy oh. to think. Well, for me, it, Josh needs to pass the eye test. I need to hmm. see him getting it. I, I'm kind of done making excuses because 
we have a chance this year to do something. We have a chance to even win a playoff game this year. And when you're in, anything can happen. But the only pass that I'm going to give him for the rest of the season is if the O-line abandons him. Yeah. I mean, I've got... Okay, we're saying we're not doing with any stats. This is one stat I've just found um, now. Um, is his uh, percentage completion under shotgun, under center, in play action and non-play action. Got for shotgun, his um, percentage completion is 57.8%. Uh, 76.1 passer rating. And making 6.5, 6.4 yards per attempt. That's in the shotgun. You want under, that to be closer to eight. Under center, he's um 69.8% percentage completion. That's better. 98.6 passer rating. And 7.8 yards per attempt. That's that's that. Those are all where I want him to be. In non-play action plays he's got a 58 percent completion rate 72.3 percent passer rating and 6.5 yards per attempt and then for play action he's got a 69.1 percent completion 115.3 passer rating and 7.6 yards per attempt now draw your own conclusions from that well, I th- I think that makes a lot of sense because we have a good run game and teams know that they, in order to stop us, they need to stop the run. Mm. So uh, get out of shotgun, stay under center, and just really mess with teams. You know, I mean, show, show like you're going to run every time. Uh, we're trying to do this thing where we're trying to act like a competent offense where we're going to do four wide, five wide, shotgun, empty backfield stuff. And I think that Josh just isn't there yet. At the beginning of the year, I was excited to see that our offensive philosophy was passing. We opened against in the Giants game was like 10 or 12 straight passes. I was like, this is great. Our offensive coordinator finally gets it. But the problem is, is that now uh, we're seeing that Josh isn't ready yet. And now it's I want to adapt to what we have, mm. um, because because now it's it's at the beginning of the season you know the philosophy is different. At the beginning of the season it's all hopeful and oh we're gonna do it and Josh is gonna get it. But now we know what we are and we have a shot at some wins. So let's do the right thing. And I think based off the stats that you've seen that you just read off, the team knows those stats. It's time for Dable to you know get Gore down the middle. Singletary on the outsides, play action pass, and I think that's going to help Josh's deep ball. You know. Yeah, I think I think they need they just need to adapt more concepts into it. I mean, it, this is one thing that I think I, I read also, but once I read it, it actually started clicking to me. For the Eagles game, they had Isaiah McKenzie as a healthy scratch in that sort of weather, and knowing yeah. what he can do, especially on the jet sweep and all that. Either you should have used him, made him active, used him for that, or used Robert Foster in that, because Robert Foster can do the jet sweep. Yeah, I think that was, I I sadly think that that was a reaction to the media. Mm. That's the last thing you want to see a team doing. Um, They're like, oh, Josh needs to get his, 
Josh needs to get his deep ball fixed. So they're like, all right, let's activate Foster. Um, but then, you know, just be smart. See the weather, you know, uh, do the right thing. Make the mm-hmm. smart play. I mean, Foster was completely and utterly uh, absent from the game. Yeah, apart from the one that got caught in the wind where you can't really put that on Josh Allen per se. If you know how difficult that wind was, goal throwing into the wind, even kicking in Hauschka's defence, kicking into that wind. It's so, not like that would have mattered anyway, you know, so... Yeah, maybe if it was the other way, it might have... Uh, probably would have over overthrown it, but... I mean, for me, yeah, I think it is... I think it is the offence side that needs to work. Obviously, they need to go back to basics on defence with, um, with the run game. I mean, another athletic um, post from when Joe Pascale was doing his All-22 review... He said that Star Lutz Daly actually played has been playing his best played his best game against the Eagles, and the only reason really for that 68 yard run, 65 yard run by Saunders for the touchdown was a combination of Milano and um, Micah Hyde missing their marks. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's I mean I saw that in the All 22. Um, Stars Star has been doing nothing on the stat sheet but he's he's eating double teams to allow for the linebackers to make plays and that's what was happening at the beginning of the season but now teams are figuring out how to you know block on the second level mm. and uh let's hope that they make the adjustments there um yeah. it, it, all of all of the hope going forward we know what talent we have now it's all about trusting the coaching I do more on the defense than I do the offense. Uh, Brian Dable and Josh Allen going forward are going to be the only reasons why we do or do not make the playoffs. Yeah. I think, I think the probably, I think Sean, Sean McDermott has probably had a word with, with Brian during the, um, after the game and the next follow-up in a few days. And as he said, they need to go back to basics on offense, get a bit more tighter on there, and maybe maybe if they feel confident enough, as as we've probably mentioned previously, give Josh three or four plays to go into a no huddle type offense, or give him three or four plays that if he needs to, he can audible in. Well, the best thing to do for an offense, a quarterback that's struggling, is to give him mismatches. So if you come out there with an offense in, in in the defense, you know, counters, obviously. But if you can have you utilize guys multifaceted uh, to keep the defense on their heels, uh, you go no huddle and then you create mismatches. And and then Josh can, you know, he's got a leg up. You're going to right now, you know, base offense versus base defense. I think that we are going to be at a disadvantage in the passing game the rest of the season. But if we can create any kind of mismatch possible, then they should do it. And I think Josh is smart enough to give him five or six plays and let him go out there and just run the offense. Um, yeah. I mean, that was one of the biggest things this offseason was talking about how Josh knows the playbook. So let's go K-Gun again. And then obviously you got to think, if it's such a great thing, then every team would do it, and they clearly don't. 
So there's disadvantages to it because you give your defense. I mean, if it doesn't work, then you're you're screwed basically. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. I mean, it's it's he got we we've got to find that balance somewhere on there. I know people clambering for for Josh to make the deep balls, the twenty plus in the air yard throws. I mean, I I get that. You've got a cannon for an arm like that. You've got Smokey, you've got Robert Foster on the outside to actually um, to break it. But, I mean, look at some of the plays that the Eagles had. They had a few screen games that worked well. They had the short, intermediate routes, which Josh Allen is actually the league's best at, at the moment this season. Or around well, now, I can't remember what that, stat, that stat I said a couple of weeks ago was, that you should just focus mainly on that and maybe give them a couple of couple of ones or at least attempt them even if they don't make that completion and they don't go for young lads or become incomplete there you're still telling the defense you better cover the deep and short and intermediate because you don't know which way we're going to throw so i think right now our offense is just predictable and defenses know what to do against us it's just trying to find it's trying to find this identity i think i've mentioned this word before it's identity I think until until McDermott and the Bull know what type of offense they want to run, I think we're going to get a load of mix and match plays, maybe a few pre- more likely predictable plays, until they understand what that offensive identity is going to be. I mean, but shouldn't they know already? I. Yes, they should. I think they should do. Um, obviously, last season it was a bit of um, a bit. Yeah, of last a test. season, no, because last we season, had too many variables. But I now think, you should know what you have and what works and what doesn't, and then so you you take you take what's worked because right now there's film on it and teams are going to know how to stop it, <clears> and then you tweak it. Yeah. And what we need to do is to be um, smart, efficient, and fast, but don't go big. It's all about ball control. It's all about controlling the clock, keeping the other team off the field, and keeping the defense on their heels. So that's why I said, I mean, if you have Gore and Singletary on the field at the same time, the defense might not know if they're going to go up the middle or run it, you know, and then you have the screen game. And if McKenzie's out there, you have the sweep. But if Brown's out there, you have the deep ball. I mean, it just seems like the packages that we're putting on the field now are so one-dimensional. Yeah. And defenses can just go in, like, essentially a base Tampa 2 cover 2 defense, and they'll be fine. So you'd have – you could potentially have, for one series – you can have Gore in the backfield. You can have Smokey. You can have Cole Beasley, Singletary, and let's say, for example, Duke Williams. Now that would be your mismatch for your, or even Isaiah McKenzie on that last one. Well, let me tell Duke you what Williams. I don't need. I don't need three tight end sets. No. I don't need a tight end at all. Because right now we don't have a tight end that creates any kind of mismatch. Because um, even when Knox gets opened, you don't know if he's going to, you know, there's just, they're not there yet. Croft coming back from injury, Knox still a rookie, and Lee Smith stopped taking penalties, oh my God. 
<laughs> but, I mean, when you're talking about what our weapons are, you know, if Singletary and Gore are on the field at the same time, along with Brown, Beasley, and McKenzie, then you have three levels in the passing game. Brown, deep, Beasley, middle, Isaiah, underneath. You have, and then you have Singletary as the threat to be, you know, the dump off. Or you have Gore, who can make moves uh, if you just decide to pass the ball, run the ball. Um, yeah. I just I, I want them to be um not I don't want them to be reactive though because yeah. you don't want a team I, I want my offense to control the game and be progressive but if they're like oh the defense is doing this so we have to do this that's coaching on your uh, on your heels you know mm-hmm. you're, you're you're reacting to what's going on I want to set the tone for these games um, yeah and 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 we we have been. Because we've been doing, you know, the aggressive offense thing, but they're doing it in the wrong way. Yeah, I think that I think they, I think, I mean, people, well, the Bulls seem to have other ideas, but I can see what people are saying by getting trying to get Singletary more touches. I think most games he's mainly got most of his touches in that second, um, in the second half. Even if you just put him on the outfield, you, we know he can run, and we know he's got. He's yeah. got. He can catch it and run, as we've seen with the with the touchdown in the last game. It's it's one. It's, there's your mismatch right there. Obviously, yes, Gore can take out the backfield as well. No disrespect to him, but obviously, he's a little bit. He's still fast, but he has. He's not got the pace pace of Singletary. So oh, yeah, he's not a burner. Yeah. Yeah, but with sing, but with both of them. You've got you've got that mismatch. I'd even play two running backs at. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, have guys on the field that teams need to worry about. If Lee Smith and Tyler Croft are on the field at the same time, teams can are are just fine going man to man against that. And if if either one of those guys is in Josh's progression, you're taking a half second to a whole second away from his decision making ability in a matchup that's going to lose. So stop doing that. Yeah, I mean, it, at the end of the day, as uh, as we say, it goes back to what what new have you got in the playbook? I mean, as most everyone's probably going to have every the video of what we've actually done so far. It's it's common knowledge that all the teams we're due to play will have that film available to them. It's what can you work on in practice that you can bring to a game, open up that playbook a lot more. And I say DeBoer likes to mix and match a little bit with his um with his sets. Just bring find some new plays. I mean Yeah, it's it's absolutely time to do something different. One hundred percent. It's time to look different. Uh, this offense needs to evolve. Like I said, that's 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 the that's the point that everyone's making. The offense needs to evolve. Yeah. Because what's what we have now isn't working, so it's time to, you know, adapt. We're not hitting the reset button. I'm not saying DeBull needs to get fired yet, but I need to see something different. And this is another opportunity. This is the third game in the row to do to have an opportunity to to try out some things and 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 you don't have a lot of risk involved. Yeah. Know? But next week, the Browns. I mean, Josh is going to have zero time. To get the ball off, you know, I mean, Miles Garrett is going to probably be in the backfield all game 
because he's going to go up against Cody Ford. God help us. Yeah. And, I mean, we can do a whole segment. We haven't written it in, but we can do a whole segment about the disappointment of Cody Ford and how the offensive line is starting to fall um, in terms of their pro football focus grades and the time that Josh is having. Um, mm. the, the offensive line is starting to become a weak point for us, and I think everything goes through them. So it's yeah. probably it's the grind of the season. It's the injuries and things like that. So, but I mean, Mitch Morris isn't um, where we want him to be. His pro football focus grades in the 60s. I would have expected something in the higher 70s. So, mm-hmm. um, and the Ford and Seki rotation. I know you hate it. I'm yeah. a fan of the rotation because it's you can mask Ford's deficiencies, but neither one of them is really doing what we thought that they were going to do. Yeah, you can you can mask you can mask his deficiencies, but then when he gets if say Inseki's going to get injured. He's going to be on that field the whole time. And how are you going to mask his efficiencies there? Are you going to bring over another swing tackle over? Ah, but it might just be in play calling, which isn't good because you want to have your whole playbook available to you. But I don't know. Um, it's, it's, I know. At the start of the season, I was optimistic. And now I'm done being optimistic. I'm back to being a realist. We have a chance to win now. If this offense can't consistently produce... How am I going to expect them to do against teams that are good? I mean, this week I need to see 24 points from the offense. Or at least, at least, just if you have to kick field goals, that's fine because that should get us through. You know, uh, the first, what was it, Um, the first quarter against Miami, the offense wasn't that bad bad they were just finishing drives with field goals and that i think is because of just bad um situations you mm. know with like the dawson knox drop and everything like that um but we have to clean that up because my god penalties are also hurting us so if we clean up that and we can get because well, we move the ball it's just not with any consistency and i i just I just struggle with understanding why there's not that consistency when we can do an 80-yard drive and then our next three are 0, 5, and, like, minus 2. Like, you know, what's what's going on? And there was a lot of criticism from Dable about not running the ball last week. Uh, and I think it showed because our defense got tired because we just kept going three and out, and we can't not we, – we cannot do that this week. That's that's the one thing. That's the one thing. I, I don't like the <laughs> – I mean, I, I called out the O line or last week on the um on the review show, but how he says he can't run it. Do you look at do you look at that O line? Do you look at Bobby Johnson and say, Bobby, come on, man, what's going on? You guys aren't you guys aren't helping us out here, or is it a fact that the runs that the ball is um is scheming giving to Josh is straight up the middle? Straight up the middle, straight up the middle, maybe to the um to the outside. Is it? Can you put it down to the O line, or can you put it down to the fact that the plays that the ball's calling are become more predictable? That the D line and linebackers, front seven, are able to make that adjustment to close off that centre and actually blocking him, stopping him for um for losses all the time. Hence why on occasions we've gone three and out in that game because we've run, run, got nowhere, had to punt the ball, had throw, 
that was incomplete. And that point, we start getting behind. Then they decided to abandon the run. So it could be a mixture of both, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I wish I was in the room to have that conversation with Dable because I just I want to know I want to get inside the guy's head and understand, you know, what he thinks this team is capable of. Because right now, I think his play calling is putting way too much trust in Josh Allen. And uh, at the beginning of the year, that's okay because there's variables. But now you know what you have. It's time to dial his workload back and go back into more of a game manager thing. And then next year, fire it up again, and let's hope that he evolves and takes the next step forward. But I mean, I still believe... And hope Josh will become a good starter in this league. Mm. He has been better than last year. Uh, I want to see him continue to get better this year. Yeah. The thing is, though, uh, in week eight or nine, uh, it needs to happen now. We have a shot at the playoffs, like I said, and a shot at winning a game. This AFC is really bad. Each team, aside from New England, has deficiencies. Uh, it's wide open for us. We have an opportunity here. And, and, you know, I mean, I, there's before I start, um, you know, repeating myself, uh, it's it's time for Josh to, to to do it. And if he doesn't, yeah. if he doesn't, I'm not calling for him to be gone. No, I'm giving him the rest of next year. Oh, yeah, it's of course. Just that I, I, I need to see him getting better. And it's- he has. And then there's a step back and that he can play two quarters. I need to see him start to play three quarters. By the end of the year, he better start having complete games. He's going to have to have – he's going to have to go into Dallas and be competitive. And if that game's a blowout, then I'm going to get really worried about everything because then if we fire Dable, then you're hitting the reset button on Josh almost, and that's dangerous. But then again, it depends. If, 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 if worse comes to worse, they fire Dable – do you think he's going to give Ken Dorsey, who's working with Josh Allen, that chance to step up and be that interim at least? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, in, interim, of course, because, I mean, I don't think McDermott can call offense at all. So, I mean, it's 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 going to be interesting and very frustrating to see what we do the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, the one- so when you're watching a game, maybe don't drink too much and wear a seatbelt because <laughs> – it's gonna get bumpy. The one thing I can say with that with that O line, I think the success story that's come out of it is Feliciano, in my opinion. I mean, the way he stood up to up to the Eagles when they actually was it shoved Allen or shoved one of our own players over, he went up straight up and yep. then they've got in got in his face. But he's been, in my opinion, one of our better players. So I, I so I don't know what you, what you feel. I mean, obviously we had Spencer Long. I think you were clamoring for him, but I'm kind of glad Feliciano's there and he's actually showing, um, showing his way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, my philosophy on offensive line is if I don't talk about you, then you're doing your job. Yeah. Um, like notice I'm talking about Cody Ford because uh, there's you know, not I wouldn't say regression. It's just he's not living up to what we need him to be. Um, so yeah, I mean, Dawkins, uh, Spain and, uh, Feliciano, I've been, have been pretty much invisible because they're not making any giant mistakes. So I want my offensive line to be invisible. Yeah. I mean, 
at the end end of the day, I think whatever whatever needs to happen, it needs to at least for the next four games coming up needs to needs to happen fast and obviously get the gel and get the playbook sorted out because let's say we're coming to a stretch where you're going to face Dallas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh and and the Patriots. You need to be on that level to actually um to withstand it. But at the end of the day, it's it's hopefully no injuries and let's see what they can um I can dial up about any. Yeah, I um, think that uh, next week playing against Miles Garrett is going to be a really good test for us because if we win this week, which we should, we have a chance to lose against Cleveland and not really lose too much ground. Mm. So I'm not going to be, you know, pissed if we lose to Cleveland because of Miles Garrett and, and Miles Garrett alone. Like I would think that that would be like a 14 to 13 kind of game, you know? Yeah. Um, but you have a chance to again evaluate Josh's ability under pressure, and I mean I, you've seen him like roll out, and he's always going to roll to the right. And teams I think know that, so they're stacking that side. Um, and he's starting to slide more, but I think he left some yards on the field last week. So you know which would you prefer? Um, so it's 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 win toss up win. I think the next three games. Um, show me that you can take some steps. I want to see, after the Miami game, right now we're ranked 25th in passing offense. I want to be 19th mm. after the Miami game. Yeah. I think, I think to be honest, it's it's wait and see. And I, and I say this, the next this stretch is going to be the making of whether this team will end up going Let's say thirteen and three, ten and six, nine seven, eight and eight. It it's just how it work. But I'm just not gonna. Yes, I'm gonna scream and shout on my TV. I'm gonna scream and shout and actually get annoyed when we go three and out and we have to punt the ball away or we can't stop a stop a long run. But I'm not going to start getting angry at the coaching and the players at the time because I know technically on offense is still that learning curve. But... Well, here's here's how I'm going to get upset Sunday. If Josh is missing guys, if he has no time, or if guys are dropping the ball. that's I'm going to get upset at our offense. But if the defense is just making good plays, then I will accept it. Yeah. On the other side of the ball... If they're able to run on us again, if we're taking, you know, penalties, then I'm going to lose it. But yeah. like, I'll never be upset if we lose a game where the other team earned it. Mm. But uh, against the Eagles, the offense didn't compete, so I was pissed. Yeah. Um, we are a 10-point favorite against the Redskins. I would... L- I, I would feel so much better about the rest of the season if we cover the spread. Yeah. So so before before we wrap up, your prediction, do they beat the spread? No. No? No. Um I, I'm 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 going solely on what I've seen so far. And the trend is is that they can't. I went back, um I there's a Josh there was a Lee Evans uh, interview on the athletic this week 
uh, talking about the 2018 that went five and one. And uh, I sadly spent a chunk of my day yesterday uh, watching highlights from all of those games and going back and looking at the spread of them. And we were favored, well, still yeah. on that losing streak, favored to win some of those games. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not about to have that kind of optimism. Uh, you've you've gone against three bad teams. You're two and one in that stretch, but your offense hasn't shown the ability to put a team away by ten. Yeah, you know, Miami away by more than ten, you know, but uh, that was thankfully thanks to Micah Hyde's special teams touchdown. So. No, uh, I, I, I'm not going to give a score, but I mean, it's going to be like by, you know, six or seven only. Okay, I think <laughs> I want to say that they will beat the. I think they will beat the spread. Cause, so you don't know which which quarterback's going to be starting for the um for the Redskins. <sighs> Peterson, yes, on his day, will will break it break it free but I think I think we do have enough to just beat the spread I think the only way we beat the spread is if there's a like we get like three turnovers and the offense starts from like Washington's 30 um, yeah. if we have to, if we start every drive from our 25 it's going to be a close game uh, we might need a defensive touchdown to cover the spread but uh, I, I'm not going to give this offense the benefit of the doubt against playing a bad team, a bad defense, because they've shown that against a bad defense, they're still pedestrian. Yeah. Uh, change my mind. This is the challenge to the 2019 Buffalo Bills offense. Change my mind. And we'll find, we'll find that out come, uh, come Sunday, Sunday night. And hopefully on the, um, on the review podcast, we'll be talking how they've actually started to change your mind, started in the right direction, and actually beaten the spread. <laughs> I hope so. my, that's me being my optimistic, uh, optimistic self. So yeah, um, next episode obviously is our review uh, podcast. Hopefully, we'll be reviewing when we go um, six and two. Um, but unless you have anything else to add, Alex. No, um, I. I'll be in Sweden next week for the Buffalo Sabres against Tampa Bay Lightning, so I don't think I'll be available for the Browns preview show. Okay, so we might get uh, we might get Rob on and actually um, and do a uh, do a preview show on the um, on the Browns. But um, I've, all I've got to say now is uh, for this time until next time, uh, keep listening, subscribing on whatever platform, reviewing, just keep supporting us. And good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and go Bills. Go Bills. Not us. Not Not us. us. You don't know anything about heart. You don't know anything about work. That's who we are. Bills on three. One, two, three, Bills.